Aside from the glamorous lifestyle that Los Angeles is accompanied with, people are less likely to stop and think about a different side of L.A., an unmanicured side of L.A. that isn't romanticized on the big screen. The homelessness crisis of Los Angeles County is one of the worst in the country and has recently only gotten worse. According to an L.A. Times article, the homeless population has grown by nearly 20,000 people over the past eight years. And today I welcome CSUN's very own homelessness advocate, David Blumenkrantz. His One of Us exhibit at the Museum of Social Justice touched on a part of homelessness that is rarely seen by the public, their forgotten humanity. So hello, Professor. Hi, thanks for having um, me. The first question that I have to ask is what got you started into photographing the homeless? Well, that, I'd have to go way back to when I was a student here at CSUN, and I was actually a photography intern at the Daily News at the time they were in Van Nuys. And at that time, this was like the mid-1980s, a long time ago, there weren't that many homeless around. They were, you know, it was very unusual to see them in the valley, especially. But there was this one guy I used to always see outside of this bank on Van Nuys Boulevard. So one day I just, during my break, I went out and talked to him and took a few photographs. I was really into black and white film and talked to him and and he told me his story he was his name was Bob and he was uh, he had had a job in the movie industry it's kind of a typical story and then he lost his job and then he lost his wife and he just decided that he didn't want to live on the grid anymore and he was just wanted to be a what some people would call a bum or a hobo and yeah so I thought it was fascinating that uh, you know somebody could just sort of sit there in the middle of the sidewalk and life passes him by and he's not really part of it I've kind of always had that interest ever since that one experience. So basically as a photography student, as a photojournalism student, my feeling was that if I was going to be taking photographs and using a camera that I should do something constructive with it, not just make uh, pretty pictures, so to speak. I was also taking a lot of art classes, so I found it an interesting blend. And doing street photography, you're going to run into all kinds of people, and, and the homeless to me was one of the most compelling uh, topics. Now that you're a professor and you're doing photojournalism with the homeless, um, why do you think it's important for your students to have the experience that you had uh, photographing the homeless? Well, I, I just feel that it's a major humanitarian crisis mm -hmm. at this point. Um, I mean, I had students way back in earliest, I think I came to CSUN in 2004, and as early as 2006, I had a group of students go down to Skid Row. Mm -hmm. So we did a little bit of coverage of it then, and so on and off over the years, I've felt that it was just a worthwhile subject, and I think it kind of blends in to the landscape, and it it's like that old analogy of the frog. You put him in the water and you turn the heat up and the frog doesn't realize. And pretty soon he's, you know, dying from the heat because it's so gradual. And I think that's kind of what happened with the homeless situation in Los Angeles is that when I came back from Africa in 94, I noticed there was a lot more homeless at that time. And I, I found them here in the West Valley and other places where we had never seen it before. For one thing, it's, it's a built-in local story that's, you know, right here on our doorstep and if we're teaching our journalism students to care about their community and to care about what's happening in the world around them to look past that and act as if it's not there I think would be negligent so I just try to engage them and uh, to, with varying degrees of interest from the students Some, sometimes they embrace it and some certain students really 
like that and other students feel maybe not so excited about the topic. Mm-hmm. I've had students actually drop classes because they had it was too close to home for them and they, it became too emotional for them to deal with it. So it's just something that I feel that it's my area of expertise, advocacy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think you should teach to your strengths also. Yeah. I wanted you to talk about your work that you that you do with neighborhood counseling and um, trying to figure out to get, like, housing or shelter for homeless people. My involvement at that level is really more like on a one-on-one basis. If I get involved with a person and I'm documenting them, you know, we have this thing in journalism where you shouldn't really get involved with your subjects, but documentary is different. It's, you know, long-term, it's like long-form journalism where you're involved with people over a long period of time, and it's really difficult to expect them to trust you and to let welcome you into their world if you never give anything back, if you never engage with them as a person. What about the fact that you working with the homelessness uh, situation through art and uh documentary filmmaking and all that type of stuff. Can you talk about how a lot of that has impacted you when hearing about people's stories? I, I've i always generally felt that, well, put it this way, there's been a lot of media coverage of homelessness, just like there's a lot of media coverage of war or other social issues. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to solve it or cure it or have it go or, or, or be, you know, do much more than maybe raise public awareness. So, with the One of Us project that, we, that you talked about, the Museum of Social Justice and, and this ongoing work, it's more about humanizing, as you said, uh, which is, means giving the homeless people a voice, a platform to speak for themselves. And I, when I would show up at these different locations three years ago when I started this, this particular project, you know, there were people that were very skeptical. I, I would go to these different locations where there was a mobile shower and there was a breakfast, and I would, and they would say, oh, yeah, you can, you can interview anybody you want, but you have to get them to do it yourself. We're not going to mediate for you and try to corral people. We'd want people to feel like if they come here, this is one of the conditions of being here, they have to participate in this. So it was pretty much up to me to sort of one-on-one with people, sit down with them while they're waiting for their medical care or their breakfast or whatever, and explain that I want to give them a chance to tell their story, to let people know what it's like to be in their situation. Were they hesitant when you wanted to talk so, to well, them? Well, yeah, many people just outright said no for you know, understandable reasons, whether they're embarrassed or they're, you know, they're trying to hide from society or whatever the reason. The people that did agree to participate tended to be the people that <clears throat> felt like, yeah, I I shouldn't be like, this This is not me. I want to show people that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm deeper than this. I'm, I'm more than what you see on the surface. And they, and they were really fantastic uh, interviews that we conducted with people and we learned so much about it. So the people that did participate, most of them were glad they did. Yeah, and there's a lot to be said for being there, being consistent, like not just going there once and then disappearing, but going there, like even now I I go to some of these locations, like where we're going to have this workshop that you mentioned I'll, I'll get into that now. It's 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 part of the CSUN Community en- Office of Community Engagement. We have a small grant from them, and it's a, a senior tutorial, senior project, I believe they call it now, J498. And it's a group of graduating seniors, and <clears throat> I decided to take it to another level, doing the the one of us where I interviewed them and did portraits of them and and let them speak for themselves. That was one way of removing the the media. The, the, the middleman, the media's, you know, to sort of 
remove the filter through which they would be seen by having me describe them, let them describe themselves and describe their own lives. This is going even a step further, I believe, that giving them cameras mm -hmm. rather than having somebody come out and photograph them because they're always like under the microscope, so to speak. This is a, just a chance for them, what we call a participatory photography project, to give, we want to train a group of maybe 10 or so people from this one particular location where we've been working for the past three years in North Hollywood and give them cameras. It starts this, it's going to start this Friday. And it's exciting, challenging, it's a little bit experimental, there's a lot of unknowns involved, it could be a total disaster if nobody shows up or, you, you know, you don't know, but... I'm I'm confident, based on my discussions with some of the people there so far, that they're going to show up, that they want to do this. And I'm going to spend about three weeks with my students there on Fridays, sort of actually teaching a photography class for them. So give them like, a, like an activity. And after the third or fourth week, then we'll give them cameras. And we'll give, I'll give them little light, little prompts and things to photograph. One week, do portraits of people, self, you know, environmental portraits, uh, f photograph the environment that you live in, take them out to, a, we want to take them out to a nice rich neighborhood like Beverly Hills or The Grove and let them photograph the world the way they see it. It's normally people from an upper strata of society going into the, into the poorer communities and documenting. So I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they come up with. Um. I think one of my last questions for our session today would be, uh, since you you are an advocate for the homelessness crisis in LA, how do you think you have Im impacted it? I mean, like you said um, earlier when we had a chat, you said that even though you're only doing photographs and you're just you know spending time with them and it's like a little uh, bit of something that's being done in like a widespread mm -hmm. situation mm -hmm. um how, how important do you feel has your impact been well the media has an important role to play um again everything's everything is perceived through people's per, generally perceived through people's preconceived ideas so mm -hmm. it's hard to change someone's mind about something but i think you can't stop trying and uh I know that like my exhibit at the uh, Museum of Social Justice ran, it was initially going to run for about six months and then it ended up running for like not, like ele nine or Yeah, it was from months. May to January. Yeah, it's, they, they kept it up and, and they said they had something like 27,000 visitors. It's right on Olvera Street. There was a lot of walk-in traffic. There were schools bringing kids there on field trips. And, and I heard a lot of stories from the people that work there that, People were very moved. Some people were very moved by the stories, and and especially for me, the, the little kids. I I know I've had kids interview me like you're doing now mm -hmm. for their class projects. They fo they followed up and they would con they conducted a telephone interview for for a paper. They were like fifth graders, and uh, so for kids, especially for kids, to be sensitized to this at a young age, I think that's only helpful. Um, what. As of recently, since you've been doing the One of Us project, what has been the most um, influential moment of someone uh, telling you their story, or what moment for you impacted yourself the most? From There's a lot. The There's a lot. I mean, when I interviewed the people on 
and the four locations when we did the we we brought a portable studio we had a student assistant we had a, a recording device and we sat people down we do a really nice portrait in front of a backdrop and you couldn't tell by the portraits that they're homeless they're very like with a soft box nice yeah. lighting and that was the intention was to let them take their shower have their breakfast relax put on a clean shirt maybe and sit down and just talk like human beings mm-hmm. so i heard a lot of really you know from vietnam veterans who lost their kids and a man who was just felt totally emasculated by his homelessness by his poverty that he foolishly he says you know allowed somebody to steal all his his wealth and he lost and his lost all the respect of his family he was just started crying it was really tough it was the first guy I interviewed in fact and so I was like oh my god so there are all kinds of stories but I think the most impactful for me is this group of people that lived down by the 405 and mm-hmm. Nordoff and the 405 with, yeah. where I sort of documented this one particular group for a long time and I as recently as this past weekend I was out there with one of them this guy Craig who's sort of like the last survivor of that group was still at that spot some mm-hmm. of them have been in shelters some of them have got apartments by now some have just dispersed to other areas but I've knew this group very intimately for for a long time and I, I could go inside their tents and hang out and you know it was very uh, after a while they came to totally trust me and we're, we're still close and I remember one day there was a little woman named Gracie she's like in her mid-60s and she had a, a color photograph of a baby and it was it was the story of this girl who was also homeless in that area for a while and she had she was pregnant in, in the street and she gave birth to two twins and one of them died in childbirth you know this was like a, like something out of a refugee camp you know just horrific and the other child was taken away from her because she's and put with her relatives somewhere in Santa Clarita or whatever but but they made Gracie like the godmother and they gave her a picture and she was so proud I rolled up one day she was sitting outside of her little tent and she was just holding that photograph and showing it to me and that to me connected all the you know this idea that when people are marginalized like that they may be homeless and I saw this a lot with street kids when I worked in Kenya with the street kids that they would bond into like little family units and they would create their own family structures so she was so you know uh, proud of that, of just being, I'm the godmother, I'm the godmother, you know. It was really sweet and um, very touching. So things like that where you, they, where they do, it does remind you of their, it, it is a reminder of their humanity, you know, and I think that's the, the kind of things, the moments that mean the most for, for me personally. So um, I, I got to say thank you for coming in today and talking more in depth about my piece and uh, shining a light on a situation that a lot of people don't know about or they just turn a blind eye to. So thank you, Professor, for coming in, and I hope uh, I, I, I get to interview you again. Thanks, Deja. Was, this was really, really uh, fun and interesting. And, yeah, thanks for taking an interest in the subject. I think the more media that gets out there, especially for the students to hear or whatever, is better. You know, it's all for the better.